Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.TV. Join the discussion at Ping.TV slash gold. So we are here at the Sunflower Festival. I am in a field of sunflowers. And um, as I said, man, you've got to get out in nature. We've been gardening. We've been visiting farms, going to farmer's markets, looking for the purest vegetables and meats we can find. After this, we're actually heading up to a friend of mine's house to pick up some organic grass-fed ground beef and talk to him about uh, placing an order for a half, maybe a quarter cow. So get out there in nature and enjoy the natural life and this is how we will push back against the technocrats. I am Dustin Gold. And Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold and this is the Dustin Gold Standard. Wow. Thank you very much for all the wonderful feedback on episodes one through three of the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. It's overwhelming and I really appreciate it. I'm doing this for you. I put a lot of research, a lot of work into these episodes and I am glad that you are getting something out of it. I hope you share them with people and I will ask you because it is important. I know Mike does not plug enough, but if you could on Apple iTunes, please leave a five-star rating and a comment if possible. It actually helps trick the algorithms and helps push up the show and then we can get this message out to more people. As you can see over the weekend, my wife and I went to Sycamore uh, Hill Farms, that's where we pick up a bi-weekly box of organic vegetables that we use to supplement what we grow in our garden. We also pre-ordered two dozen eggs a week for like a whole year, which has been fantastic. They're the best eggs ever. And then we went out to the Sunflower Festival. It was actually a pretty cool business model. It was a huge farm. They grow all these wildflowers and all these sunflowers, and they charge people $5 to get in per person and walk around, and then it's $1 per sunflower and $5 per bunch of wildflowers, but they really don't have to do much. There's really no farming involved. It'd be interesting to see uh, what their profit margins are, are like on that because I'm looking uh, for some land myself and ways to monetize that land, but it was a great experience and great seeing families out there with kids and no masks which is nuts because up here in Maryland, it's about 50% of people are wearing masks again. They're afraid of whatever new variant of COVID is out there, whatever Dr. Fauci tells them. But the good news is it came out that Dr. Fauci is going to retire uh, at the end of Joe Biden's term. <laughs> Somewhere like January 2025. Who knows? The guy will be there forever. This episode I am going to do is a little different than what I had planned. I was going to cover Elon Musk and a chief scientist for the last 40 years at NASA named Dennis Bushnell and show you the ties between those two men and 
the brain chip, the AI brain chip, which we discussed a bit in episodes one through three. If you remember, we covered an article out of General Electric showing the tenets of the fourth industrial revolution that was written back in 2016. And then in episode two, we covered an MIT article that got into Ray Kurzweil uh, and talked about the AI hive mind neocortex located up in the cloud and then putting nano robots into your bloodstream. And then episode three, we tied in a lot of video clips of Ray Kurzweil over the years, uh, over the last 15 years, combined in with Yuval Noah Harari, who is the prophet of the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab's right-hand man, which brings me to some exciting news before we jump into what this episode is going to be, because I'm saving Musk and Bushnell for the next episode. I need to pull a couple more pieces together for you. So we are going to get into something different on this episode, and I am going to explain that momentarily. But first, we do have a really important message from a special guest, now that I brought up Yuval Harari and Klaus Schwab at the World Economic Forum. And this person wishes they could be here in person for what they call this a meeting, not a podcast. I don't know why, but... um, Let's take a look because uh, they worked really hard to get this to us, and we really appreciate it here at the Dustin Gold Standard. Mike Moore over at Thomas Paine Podcast, the commander-in-chief of uh, Paine.tv, really pulled some strings to get this for us. Your Excellencies, ladies and gentlemen, it's my great honor to participate at this important meeting despite all the repercussions of the global pandemic even if only in a virtual way. With all the current issues on our agenda, we tend to forget that we are in the midst of the fourth industrial revolution, which accelerates global change in much more comprehensive and faster ways than the previous three revolutions. This excellency has been so foresighted in establishing a center for the fourth industrial revolution in cooperation with the World Economic Forum. The objective is to quickly recognize the potential of new technologies, as well as develop the necessary ethical and political frameworks around those new technologies to ensure that those technologies are human-centered and society-oriented. The world has to overcome not only the damage done to our economies and our societies by COVID-19, it also has to confront the repercussions of a dangerous clash between major global powers. History is truly at a turning point. We do not yet know the full extent and the systemic and structural changes which will happen. However, we do know that global energy systems, food systems, and supply chains will be deeply affected. In times of crisis, the role of governments is more important and more relevant than ever. What is also needed is a summit like this one to go beyond crisis management and to look into constructive ways we can build our common future. Our futures are intrinsically connected to one another 
as profound challenges to mankind, such as climate change, are globally interconnected and require collaborative responses. In conclusion, and despite all the challenges, we have to uphold our responsibility, which we have towards the next generation, and which we can only fulfill through collaboration on a national and on a global level. I wish you an impactful and successful meeting. Wow, that was amazing. Wow. Mike Moore at Thomas Paine Podcast, Commander-in-Chief here of Paine.tv, was able to get us Klaus Schwab himself. Uncle Klaus, what an incredible guy. I mean, he went out of his way to make a video for this meeting, for this for this summit, as he called it. I love it. It's fantastic. Because I'm talking to you guys. We're sitting here discussing the tenets of the, the false industrial revolution. The false industrial revolution at the World Economic Forum. Uh, we are discussing how to beat it, how to work around it. And Klaus, and Klaus was honored for what we're doing, that we're working towards coming together as human beings. I, I really, really appreciate that, Mike. Thank you very much for lining up that speech for us. Amazingly enough, you could get that at Cameo.com for $4.50. Apparently, Klaus Schwab will be eating crickets as well. Not just us, which is great. It's good to know that he comes down to our level once in a while. But that made me feel a lot more comfortable about the false industrial revolution, right? The false industrial revolution. I mean, when you listen to him, do you not get chills? For the video audience, you got to watch it, of course. I added the music behind that <laughs> early this morning. <laughs> because every time I see this guy, I swear, I just I just hear like like uh, Darth Vader music or like Nazi goose step music. It's crazy. It's sometimes I wonder if we're watching a CGI projection and it's not even the real guy, or did he already upload his consciousness into the cloud? Well, today we're not going to talk as much about the AI hive mind, nano robots in your bloodstream, uh, immortality, life extension, etc. What we're going to get into today is we are going to jump into the world of gig work, of which I know very well, and I will explain that after the break. But we're going to get into gig work, and it's very important that we do so. We have to look at a couple of pieces before I tell you exactly what we're going to delve into. And I'm going to show you um, two different parts of, of gig work and then also combined with what they call frictionless shopping. You may be seeing this in your grocery stores. We have some videos to explain uh, frictionless shopping to you. And then the gig work side. And I'm going to show you who's actually behind gig work companies like Instacart, the largest grocery shopping uh, gig work app, and who is behind a company called Customate, which is an Israeli frictionless shopping uh, company. But we have to look at what we, we started to see this over the last three episodes. I was able to show you that people like Elon Musk and people like Ray Kurzweil and people like Yuval Noah Harari talk about how we humans 
have actually been helping develop this AI hive mind, which is a powerful supercomputer brain that was built and designed off of all of our thoughts, our emotions, our feelings, our interactions with the internet, our interactions in the real world. Remember, we have what's called the internet of things, which is over 60 billion devices connected to the internet around the world. Probably it could even be double now from traffic cameras to Amazon rings, Google Nest, Alexa, our smartphones to microwaves and refrigerators and everything that's connected to the internet, thermostats in our home, some toilets now. They are tracking everything, but it's not just to track us as individuals. It's not so that they could come and arrest us if we are going to try to revolt against the, against the system, at least not at this point. Right now, we are training and building the AI hive mind. Elon Musk calls this the giant cybernetic collective. He's talked about this in many places, including on Joe Rogan's show, where Rogan said, hey, man, that sounds so cool, man. Giant cybernetic collective, man. That kind of freaks me out, man. And Musk explained, yes, I know. It should. But let's talk a little bit about the giant cybernetic collective before we go to break. Elon Musk often mentions cyborgs at events and during interviews, and we are going to get into that in episode five, where both Elon Musk and chief scientist engineer at NASA says that humans are already cyborgs, but I'm not going to touch on that today. This concept is not just a funny remark, a sci-fi reference, or a way to throw around big terms to sound smarter. It's an important paradigm, a lens we can look at the past with, and more importantly, a concept that will have a great impact on the future of our species. Now, this is a really long article, and it's actually really good. So I'm probably going to do a, a solo show on this, a short one, maybe an hour, but let me just talk a little bit more so we can get into the concept of the cybernetic collective. To build cars, Tesla had to finish building the inside of the factory. It needed machines, tooling, computers, robots, and people to all work together to go from parts to functioning cars. Musk described the end result as a, quote, giant cybernetic collective where 20,000 people, countless machines, numerous computers and communication systems all work together over four to five shifts to build cars. Now, when Musk explained this on Joe Rogan's show, he said that each company, each organization, and then each industry work as a cybernetic collective. It's a group of people that are working to load information into machines. The machines are learning from the people. The AI is being developed. And this is basically how we have to look at the whole world. He actually goes into depth about this. So what he is saying is everything we are doing, everything we are putting into our phones, from our search results to this morning, I saw an app that says go around and scan plants, It'll tell you what it is, or you can add it to a catalog. Those companies are having you catalog the plants. God only knows what they're going to do with that information. Maybe tweak their chemtrails to kill more of our plants. I don't know. I saw another app this morning for an AI uh, chat robot that you talk with. 
Within literally two minutes of research, I found one of the vesters behind them works regularly with InQtel. We're going to get into InQtel later, but that is the CIA's hedge fund, which invests in software companies. They are putting a lot of money into artificial intelligence. When we come back from the break, I am going to explain to you why gig work is near and dear to my heart and why it is important that we delve deep into this and understand the world of gig work and what is coming with this frictionless shopping trend. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. All right, folks, we are back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard. We just got done in segment one discussing a little bit about Elon Musk's cybernetic collective, where all of us, every human in this world, is helping these technocratic elites, these oligarchs, build the AI hive mind with every interaction that we make with technology. All of that data is being loaded into giant servers into the cloud. What's the cloud? What's the cloud? It's just the information passing through Wi-Fi and eventually gets to their servers and the data is stored and the data is processed and they build algorithms that help them train the artificial intelligence so that one day they can have Ray Kurzweil's dream and Elon Musk's dream and Yuval Harari's dream of this AI hive mind neocortex in the cloud of which I don't believe our brains, but their brains will be connected to this AI hive mind and they will have access to all of the knowledge, all of the information on demand through Elon Musk's brain chip called Neuralink, of which he wants to drill a hole in the back of their skull, connect it in, it has Bluetooth with two to three centimeter wires that will plug into the brain and it will transmit information and knowledge to them in real time. Does that sound crazy? Yes, it is. And we will get into that in episode five. The scary part is, according to Dennis Bushnell, chief scientist at NASA, a big fan of Elon Musk, in 2018, he admitted to, in a speech, that there were over 200,000 humans on the planet with brain chips in their head. And he credits Elon Musk for helping normalize brain chips through his company, Neuralink. But now, what I want to do, before I get too far off topic, this is a PDF copy of Klaus Schwab's 2016 book, The False Industrial Revolution. And so, in The False Industrial Revolution, Klaus Schwab discusses gig work, of which he calls it the human cloud. Now. There were people doing gig work before March 2020, which is the time that COVID land kicked off and our lives have never been the same. Many people did Uber. Many people did Lyft. Those are two taxi service companies. There were a lot of people doing grocery delivery and then fast food delivery through DoorDash and Grubhub and such. But this industry boomed. It boomed during COVID. And we will show those numbers later in this episode. 
But right now, let's take a look at section 3.1.3, the nature of work. Again, this is Klaus Schwab's 2016 book, The False Industrial Revolution. Today, the on-demand economy is fundamentally altering our relationship with work and the social fabric in which it is embedded. More employers are using the, quote, human cloud, end quote, to get things done. Professional activities are dissected into precise assignments and discrete projects and then thrown into a virtual cloud of aspiring workers located anywhere in the world. This is the new on-demand economy, where providers of labor are no longer employees in the traditional sense, but rather independent workers who perform specific tasks. Do you hear that? This is the new on-demand economy, where providers of labor okay, are no longer employees in the traditional sense, but rather independent workers who perform specific tasks. So he's saying the employers will no longer employ employees because everyone is going to be an independent contractor. And we are going to move down to section, ah, here it is, same section, 3.1.3, The Nature of Work. Now, I will tell you as someone who has read this book multiple times, uh, listen to the audiobook a couple of times while driving around in my car. That the fourth industrial revolution is almost a, call it a progress report, sort of an annual statement, sort of a state of the union type address to the elites. And basically, Klaus goes through all of the technologies that are uh, tenets of the fourth industrial revolution, really expanding on the episode one piece we covered from General Electric. He gets into detail about 3D printing, genetic modification, uh, human uh, enhancements, geoengineering, technology, artificial intelligence, autonomous vehicles, gig work, or as he calls it the human cloud, he gets into all of this in this book. It's very important that you read this, but if you don't want to, or the audiobook is too boring, that's fine, because we are going to probably do it over the course of 10 episodes, where I am actually going to read the book and analyze it as we go along. So you can wait for that if you are not in the mood to read his book. Some people will say, I don't want to buy the book because I don't want to give Klaus Schwab or the World Economic Forum money. I tell you this. It does not matter. Money does not matter to these people. This is about power. This is about control. This is about hacking humanity. This is about playing God. Uh, the $20 you'd give them for the book means nothing. You can get a free PDF copy online if you want that. Here we go. Let me read from the book. The advantages for companies, and particularly fast-growing startups in the digital economy, are clear. As human cloud platforms classify workers as self-employed, they are, for the moment, free of the requirement to pay minimum wages, employer taxes, and social benefits. You see, that's what they're pushing with this gig economy. And it's not an organic gig economy. This is orchestrated. You will see soon, uh, probably in the next segment, who is behind some of these companies. 
But what they're saying is by turning everyone into independent contractors, uh, in here, Klaus says self-employed. That's in 2016. They refine that. Now they call you an independent contractor. What, what I try to tell the people in the gig industry, and, and we'll get into a little bit about how I got involved with that, but what I tell them, you're not really self-employed. You are actually being abused, okay? You are out there using your vehicle, paying for the gas, paying for the insurance, and the wear and tear on your vehicle, right? You only get jobs when they come up on your phone, called a gig, you know, or a batch in Instacart or an order in some of the fast food delivery uh, apps. But the orders only come in based on if that system, if that app wants to send you orders. So there's times you could be sitting in a parking lot for hours at a time waiting for an order while you're not being paid. The other thing is you're not really self-employed and you're not really an entrepreneur as many people in that field like to believe they are because you are not building a book of business meaning the customers that you're serving through Instacart, the people that you shop for and deliver to, or the people whose fast food you pick up and drop off to, that's not your customer. That's the customer of Instacart or DoorDash. So you're not building a book of business. So the day that Instacart or DoorDash or any of these companies, Uber or Lyft, if you're driving people around like a taxi driver, decide to kick you off the platform or decide to throttle you and not send you as many orders or as many uh, uh, passengers because they believe you're making too much money or they decide to send you an order once a day because they don't like you anymore, you have nothing. All you have is the money that maybe you were willing to save during the time that you worked for them. But they classify it as an independent contractor, as self-employed, so that they can let you go at any time, and so that they can pick and choose what they send you, and so that they can throttle your pay. And Klaus Schwab knows this in 2016. He is writing this. Again, this is an annual report. This is a state of the union that he is sending out to technologists in the industry that own these companies. None of these companies are started in a garage by somebody like me who wants to serve customers better and get them groceries uh, delivered right away and I wanna help people make money. That is not how these companies work. So let me just repeat that so we can move on. As he says, the advantages for companies and particularly fast growing startups in the digital economy are clear. As human cloud platforms classify workers as self-employed, they are, for the moment, free of requirement to pay minimum wages, employer taxes, and social benefits. That is one of the advantages of the fourth industrial revolution. So, as you can see, Klaus Schwab in his book really thought this out. He goes on to say, although the human cloud is in its infancy, there is already substantial anecdotal evidence that it entails silent offshoring, silent because human cloud platforms are not listed and do not have to disclose their data. See, everything with them is about this secrecy. Everything is about how to screw over the worker. And then people like Klaus Schwab and Yuval Harari, his right-hand man, his prophet, his king philosopher, go out there in front of the World Economic Forum, speaking in front of the most powerful heads of state, most powerful billionaires in the world, the CEOs, heads of unions, heads of trade associations. And they sit there and they give these speeches 
uh, these fork-tongued speeches where they pretend they're looking out for humanity, but when in fact they are the people leading the innovation, leading the engineering, leading the architecting, the development, the manufacturing, and the deployment of all of the technologies behind the fourth industrial revolution. So, as he goes on to say, finally, could the development of the human cloud merely accelerate the automation of humans? See, they look at us as cattle. They look at us as robots. So are they trying to automate us? And, and later on, I'm going to get into in a future episode a little bit about human autonomy. And we are going to do that through a paper that was written over 20 years ago called Industrial Society and its Future. I'm going to cover that in a 10-part series as well because it's very important. And the person who wrote that actually was a futurist that predicted exactly where we are today and warned us of it, warned us of this technological prison planet dystopian nightmare of which we find ourselves in. So, when we come back, we are going to dive into this company called Customate. Customate. My attention was drawn to this the other day when Maria Albanese, a broadcaster, co-host on Fridays of the Thomas Paine podcast, and she sent it over to me, and you will see within a matter of minutes, I dissected this company, and I will show you who is behind them. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. 